Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Well, once again, good evening. Appreciate you guys uh, being with us tonight. Appreciate you uh, uh, coming out for our nights of joy. And um, I believe you're in the right place tonight. Got some things I want you to hear tonight. We've been having some um, good Sundays and some good Wednesdays, right? Right? That's the way it should be. Yeah. Um, I want to read you a scripture. This is Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. It says, you make known to me the path of life and you will fill. Everyone say fill. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Isn't that a cool verse? That's just kind of um, our theme verse for, for this year. And um, when you're on the path, the right path, you get filled with joy. Amen? Um, I like the end of that verse where it says that your right hand are pleasures. And that means that you will enjoy strength and victory. That's what that means. Isn't that cool? So if you're on the right path, you get full joy, experience the right victory. So this year... Um, our theme that we're declaring is it's a joyful 23. Not a year of joy, but a year full of joy. Amen. So let's say this, joyful 23. It's God's plan for you and for me. That, that's my cheesy little saying for, for this year. So we, um, we encourage you guys to stop by out in the foyer. We have a a, a banner up that says Joyful 23. So just snap your picture. Have someone take your picture on your phone in front of that. Make it your, your screensaver. Also, there are um, some magnets. You can stick that on your fridge or, or wherever you want to. There's some freak notebooks out there. So grab one of those. That's just to remind you that uh, that's what God told us to prophesy over our church, our crowd this year, that, that it's a Joyful 23. And I've been saying this, but when you hear that, a lot of times we start connecting that to happiness. And joy is not happiness. Happiness means something right is happening um, to you. Joy is, not, joy is not contingent on what's happening to you, but it's all about what's happening in you. So you could have some stuff happening to you, but have some better stuff happening in you. Amen. So don't, don't correlate it to circumstances. If circumstances are going favorable, then I have happiness. Well, um, God's all right with you being happy, but he'd rather you be joyful. He'd rather you be joyful. And I want, I want you to get this because I'm going to add something to this in a minute. But the word joy in the New Testament is actually from the Greek. It's a Greek noun for the word kara, chara, which is another word for grace. So it's the noun for grace. So in grace, there's what? Joy. How many know there's joy when, when you realize grace, that um, God wants to manifest his goodness in your life in spite of you? It, it's, it's not dependent on how good you are. It's dependent on how good he is. It's the unearned, unmerited, and undeserved goodness and blessing and favor of God. So we, when you understand uh, joy in that context, it's, it's, it's easy to understand that wherever grace is present, joy is a sign. Joy is a manifestation. Amen. Amen. So we, we declared all that to you on New Year's Eve. Um, last Wednesday, how many were here last Wednesday? Man, wasn't that a powerful time together? We just talked about the attitude of joy. And so uh, tonight I want to talk about the atmosphere of joy. Be a little bit more practical tonight, but next week I want to talk to you about the anointing of joy, and we're going to lay hands on anybody that wants anointed for joy in 23. So that's next week. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that next week, but the atmosphere of joy. Um, before I jump into this, um, before I came, I was getting ready, and, and all of a sudden I just, I felt like I needed to write something down. Diane kept saying, what are you doing? What are you doing? I kept doing this. Doing this like, Shh, let me finish this. And so I don't know who this is for or who all this is for. How, how many were here Sunday morning and I felt like the Lord told me to, that there was someone or someones who needed to hear the word stay? Well, tonight, God says this. He wants to add 
to that word stay. He said this. He wants to add to the word stay. And he's saying to you not only to stay, but to settle. You've been looking for exit signs. Now listen to this. God said, if you exit, you're going to start seeing things exit your life that you've longed for. So you need to settle in. You need to settle down. It's a pivotal marker for momentum in your life. He said, there is coming a continuation of some uncomfortableness in your season. But God says, I'm going to do something. I'm trying to read my writing here. Sorry. But I'm, I'm using it to do something that I will use for the platform that I will use in your next season to bless you and to bless through you. So settle in, settle down, stay in place. If you will, okay, I've got to read my writing again. If you will, in and from that place, I will bring about my goodwill and your good fortune. You're saying, is this me? Yes, it's you. Decide right here, right now, determine to dig in. Out of a hard, challenging season, out of a hard, challenging season, of what you're doing, in what you're doing, start learning. Change your outlook, and it will become fruitful. Out of it will come fruit for your next season, the next level, that only I can produce. If not, it will be less fruitful. Staying power is sustaining power is successful provision. Let me say that again. Staying power equals sustaining purpose, sorry equals successful provision. I don't know who or who all that might be for, but God said, don't just stay. Settle in and settle down. Settle in and settle down. You've been looking for exit signs. If you follow the exit sign, there's going to be some things exit your life that you don't want to. God's good. Amen. Hello. Hello. You don't have to raise your hand and say that was you, but if that is you, embrace that. Amen. If, if you want to, after a while, you can walk up and say, that was me, um, if that was for you. But, but um, God spoke that to me tonight. I have trouble reading because I was writing so fast. But anyway, let's talk about the atmosphere of joy. So when we use a word like atmosphere, if you look that word up, you're going to find something that says something like this, the, the, preva- the prevailing mood, the environment, or the influence of our lives. You could say it this way, the climate of your life is the atmosphere of your life, the climate of your life. Uh, You know, we have natural climates, there are spiritual climates, but what's, what's the climate of your life? And I've said this before, but this is, this bears repeating because this is an absolute principle that would be really, really good to really get revelation on that um, in our lives, we are responsible for our atmosphere. God's responsible for the manifestation. Um, God's not in charge of the atmosphere, and we're not in charge of the manifestation. But what we can be responsible for is the climate of our life, the atmosphere of our life. And when, when there are certain things in place in the atmosphere of our life, God can manifest himself. It, when we have things like faith in our atmosphere, and things like joy in our atmosphere, God, God can manifest. So what are you and I, I'm not responsible for how God manifests tonight. I am responsible for the atmosphere. We're responsible for the atmosphere, uh, not just during a service, but, wh- but when, when you go home. So listen, listen to this statement. So whatever is in the atmosphere is the catalyst for what manifests. Whatever is in the atmosphere becomes the catalyst for what manifests. So whatever is in the atmosphere of your life, your home, becomes the catalyst for what shows up in your life. You, you, you cannot have your atmosphere saturated with doubt. Amen? 
and, and have, you have to have faith saturating your atmosphere for, for, for God. Unless there's just a, a miracle out of nowhere, you, you, you with me? We have to have the right things in our atmosphere. It becomes the breeding ground for everything God can and, and will and wants to do in your life. That, that helps me to know I can't make God show up, but I, I can create a garden. I can create the atmosphere. I can create a welcoming environment, and then I can expect God to manifest. Amen? Amen. Sometimes we want God to have a brand new manifestation, and we keep having the old things in our atmosphere. That's insane. That's insane, right? So, so I want to challenge you to be very, very mindful about the atmosphere that you're creating in your life in, in 23. Because the good thing is, you can do that. You, you, you can have the right things in your atmosphere, and then you can expect God to manifest. So, so, so for example, um, let's just take a weekend experience. I want you to know that we don't just walk out here and wing it. We're not that good. But, but we, we pray, we talk, we plan, we create an atmosphere. That goes, every, that goes to every, um, every little detail with how well the guys do in the parking lot. Aren't they awesome in our parking lot on Sunday morning? I mean, <clears throat> have, you ever, have you ever met that guy in the parking lot that makes you want to not come back? I'm glad we don't have that guy, but I've been to some places where that guy, no, not here, but, you know, some, so every, everything, you know, from the greeters who are at the door to the people that help guests to the people that take care of your, your kids, all of those things, I guess, they're part of the atmosphere. You know, when, when we remodeled this place, we created a certain atmosphere because our old facility was too small. We had, it was hard to have connection. Now it's a strength of our church. But we create an atmosphere for it. Um, even when it comes to the actual beginning of the service, what we say, the songs that we're playing, um, the, the celebration of the songs, the worship of the songs, the message. And then we always, we always ask this question, like, what is it that God wants to do at the end? We don't want to just pump you up and send you home. What's the moment at the end? Sometimes it's to, it's to reflect. Sometimes it's to lay on hands. Sometimes it's to celebrate. But all of that stuff is to create an atmosphere so you come in, you're, you're, you're not even just feel welcoming. We, 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 have, a, we have a security team here that, that keeps the place safe. Um, a safe, welcoming environment is important as much as it is the worship and the people and all of those, the, all of those things. You know, we do certain things in the service. We worship, we pray, we read scriptures, we make confessions. All that stuff is just, and I'm just giving you an example. What does it do? It's an atmosphere for God to show up. The, the, the excellence we put into that is the catalyst for what God manifests. Uh, so think about this. I, anyone in here, um, anyone in here like really into Christmas decorations? I feel you. I, I, I'm like Clark Griswold. I mean, I, there's a lot going on this Christmas season. And, and my wife, like she was talking blasphemy. I'll just let you in on this. She said, maybe we should scale back this year. I said, get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> so we, we, I put up all the lights. Um, I mean, I tested them. I stretched them out. I was ready to go. I put them up. And guess what? Half of them didn't work. I'm like, there's the devil again. See what you did? But um, so anyways, we, got, we straightened all that, got all the lights up, um, put all the decorations inside. Um, actually, I took them down outside Saturday in the snow and the cold. And, but anyway, why did we do that? Because it's an atmosphere you want during Christmas, right? You, you want smiles and family and memories and just that good mojo, right? But you, you create an atmosphere, and that's why, that's why that stuff manifests, so our, our life, it's so important um, what's in our atmosphere. So we need to be really, really mindful and intentional about what, what gets into our atmosphere and, and what we create um, for, for our lives. And so listen to this challenge. I want you to be intentional. Everyone say intentional. Yes. To establish, 
maintain and promote a joyful 23. Did you all get that? I want to challenge you. Because who's in charge of the atmosphere? You is. I'm not in charge of the atmosphere when you leave here. And neither is God. You are. But I want to challenge you. Be very intentional that you are establishing, maintaining, and promoting an atmosphere of joy in 2023. So, so, so I want you to think about what, what I'm going to say. You know, I'll, I'll read a couple of scriptures, make a few points. We're going to do another praise song. But atmosphere is another way of saying environment. And so your environment does something. It, it influences you. It, it could be positive. It, it, it could be negative. But the things that are in your environment, the first thing it does is it influences your information. The environment that you grew up in when you were younger gave you information. I mean, that information could be very positive. It could be very negative. It could be, it could be neutral. But it influenced or persuaded your information. Whatever was in your environment or your atmosphere growing up, that became your information. Make sense? So it just became your, your information. And... That information did something. It transitioned into your knowledge. Right? So stick with me. There, there, was, there were things in your environment at home, and it became your information. So whatever informed you, that's what you knew. If in your environment a parent abandoned you, abandoned you, rejected you, left you, abused you, it became your information. And that's what you knew. That's just what you knew. How many can look back to some of your seasons of your life and say, that's just what I knew. That was the information you had, and that became your knowledge. But that knowledge then starting, started to produce your beliefs. Are y'all, are y'all, you're rolling with me. Whatever was in that environment, and you may have had no say over what was in your environment when you're younger, even grown up, even now, the things that are in your environment, think about the things that are in the environment of our country right now. Have you ever heard so much nonsense when they put a microphone or a camera on people on college campuses? It's just because that's what's in their environment. That's their information, fake news. It's become their knowledge. And they're believing incredibly dangerous things. And there were things in your environment, in my environment, that was my information. It was my download. It was my data. And that data transitioned to, into knowledge and because that's what I knew, that's what I believed. And I could have believed wrong. And you could have believed wrong. Well, that, that knowledge that becomes our belief system develops our attitudes. So if you have a bad attitude, you just didn't wake up one day and develop a bad attitude. We could trace it back to what you really believe. Yeah. And we could trace that back to what was your knowledge. We could rewind that back to find out what kind of information you were given. And we would discover that that came out of your environment somewhere. Somebody in your life, you might have grown up with, with parents who all they did was tell you that we didn't expect you, we didn't plan for you, so you spend your whole life feeling no purpose. Someone could have said, you're never going to be anything. You're not any good. You're not this. You're not. So you spend your whole life. That's, that's what you know. You start to believe it. And guess what? That's your attitude. Any teachers in here? We got, yeah, we got a lot of teachers. Y'all have some attitude problems in school? You, you know, we, we used to just see that. 
on the high school level. Now, anyone teach on a lower level? Are there attitudes there that was never there before? Why, 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 why is this the case? And you all know this. It, it's, it's why the school system can't fix it. it. It's coming from home. And so we take on an attitude. And the whole deal about our attitude is our attitude really creates our choices. And our choices what cause our behaviors. So we can look at someone and say, why do you behave like that? Anyone ever like, would like some choice do-overs? You know, we make choices. You know, some, have you ever wondered why some people make real good decisions and some like keep making the same ones bad over and over? We could trace it back to something that was wrong in our environment or atmosphere. So what, what if in our environment or atmosphere we were very intent? Because there were things that were in your environment when you were younger that you didn't have any say-so over. And it really molded your beliefs and your attitudes and your choices and your behaviors. And we're judged by our behavior. And our behavior brings us what? Consequences or rewards. So you move on out of that, and now you're, you're an adult. Now you have a say-so what's in, in your environment most of the time. You may not be able to when you're at work or something, but most of the time your environment, you have a say-so in. So I want to challenge you. If you, just like we do for a service or just like you do for Christmas, if, if you put the right things in your atmosphere and your environment, guess what? You, you, you change your information. Jimmy said it tonight when he was opening, revelation. You know what will change your life? Different revelation in your environment. Yeah, Absolutely. It'll, it, you get some different revelation. How, how, how about this? Anyone ever get some different revelation about your finances? You did some different stuff in your atmosphere. You believe differently. You've got to make better choices. You get some revelation on grace. Did it, did it alter any of your choices? Healing. Come, come, come on. So are you with me? So you have a say-so what's in your atmosphere. There may be, I will, I will make you this guarantee. There are going to be some good things that happen in you and around you and for you in 23. And there are going to be some things happen in and around you and for you in 23 that you're not, you didn't expect that you may not want. That's why it's not about happiness. It's about being intentional about what gets in your environment. You need to change the information that's in your environment. If you can change the information in your environment, you can alter what you know. Actually, the Bible says my people are destroyed because of what they don't know or what they know it's wrong. Hosea says that. My people are destroyed. Why? Because they lack Knowledge, revelation, the correct information. So if you can be intentional about your environment and your atmosphere, the climate of your life, it will alter your information, your knowledge. It, 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 will, it will alter your beliefs. It has an effect on your attitudes, which will determine your Choices which will determine your behavior. And it's not just your teens or our teens that need attitude adjustments. Us adults need attitude adjustments too. So no matter what is messing with you right now in January of 23, there's an amazing opportunity for you to affix the right things in your environment that will have a dramatic effect on what all happens and manifests in your life by the end of 23. Are y'all hearing me? Isn't that good? I didn't make that up. That's research they've done. That's not even Christian research. That's just research. 
That's scientific behavioral research done at the University of California, Los Angeles. But it's accurate. So can you all take a couple scriptures? First Thessalonians chapter, y'all doing all right? First First Thessalonians, talking in tongues here, chapter 5, verse 16. I want to encourage you in this. Look at someone, poke them, and be like, listen. Let joy. Well, you didn't have to repeat, but you can. Let joy be your continual what? Feast. Make your life a prayer, and in the midst of everything, always give thanks, for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. Let joy be your continual feast. That means get intentional about what's in your atmosphere so God can keep what? Manifesting joy. Not happiness, joy. Let me give you another scripture. Philippians chapter 4. Most of the time, be full of joy. Oh, that was a different translation. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I like this. I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Now, everybody repeat that word, rejoice. Rejoice. I'm going to come back to that word because that's the word for the night. Let everyone see that you are considerate and all you do, remember the Lord's coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Nobody amen that. Don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done. Then you're going to experience God's peace that exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix. Fix your thoughts on everything that's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things. How many know we think a lot about other things? But think about these things that are excellent, that are worthy of some praise. Keep putting into practice what you've learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then God's peace will be with you. Isn't that a cool section of scripture? Do you know Paul wrote that while he was in prison? Come on. Paul was in prison. You would think Paul would write a country song, but Paul didn't write a country song. (laughs) Paul, Paul wrote that section of scripture while he's chained up in a dungeon. They're not like our prisons, which... It's like a a vacation sometimes. They're not like our prisons. It was a dungeon. It was in the lower uh, section of the dungeon. And and Paul writes, always be joyful. Then he says, I'm going to say it again, rejoice. Here's why the word rejoice is so important. Joy in the New Testament is the Greek noun for grace. Rejoice is the Greek verb. A verb is action. A noun is not action. So joy is the noun, but joy has an action, and the action is to what? Rejoice. Not only is it a verb, it's an imperative verb. For all you Greek scholars, here's what that means. God's not, Paul's not making a suggestion here in Scripture. He's not saying, hey, if you find yourself in prison... Maybe what you ought to do is just, you know, just just um, rejoice. No, it's a command from heaven. An imperative verb means be full of joy and always, I'll say it again, rejoice. He said, I'm commanding you, no matter what prison you're in, what addiction is coming at you, what setback has you handicapped, no matter what it is, I'm going to say it again. Joy, as awesome as it is, it's grace. It has an action, and the action is to rejoice. It actually, it's written in the imperative um, present tense, which means not only is it something you do once, but it is, listen, it's ongoing cheerful celebration. What will get you out of your dungeon? Remember Monopoly when you had to go to jail? And you're in there until you got that little card that was get out of jail free card. You know what your get out of prison card is? It's stay full of joy and rejoice 
Have an ongoing cheerful celebration. That'll get you out of your prison. That'll get you out of your prison of your thoughts. That'll get you out of prison of your bondage. Isn't that good? Well, you don't know my circumstances. I don't need to know your circumstances. It's not about your circumstances. It is not about your circumstances. If we went around tonight and said, tell me your circumstances. Paige would give us her circumstances. It would have something to do with Heath, I'm sure. <laughs> we would come down here, and, and Jason, he's like, I could top that. We get back here to Bill, oh, if you think that's bad, I could top that. We all would have some circumstances, right? And you might look at someone else's and be like, that ain't nothing. But to them, it's everything. But Paul said, if you're in prison, if you're in a setback, if you're in a season, maintain your joy. He said, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. Now, you're not rejoicing for the challenge. You're rejoicing in the challenge. So, can I make you some points? And I want you to know, the reason why I give you points is so you can go home and live this stuff. So you're not dependent on me at this moment or the sermon at this point. You can go home and live this in victory. Thank you for your response. Okay. So I want to talk about intentional joy, intentional rejoicing. Three words. Word number one is focus. Everyone say focus. I just how, this is how you intentionally keep joy in your atmosphere. Number one is focus. Say it again. Focus. Focus, listen to this, is putting your attention on something, being absorbed in it, and abstaining from the distractions. I'll say it again because that's really good. Focus is putting your attention on something, being absorbed in it, and avoid the distractions. In other words, being fully engaged. Being fully engaged. Somebody say, that's good right there. Good. Didn't we just read the Bible said, fix your thoughts? What, what, what's, what's he saying to us, our modern language? Focus. My wife has to say that sometimes to me. She starts telling me something and I'm like, she goes, you're not listening. I'm like, I heard it all. And she's like, right here, focus. You ever think God's up there? He's like, Bill, focus, Kara, focus. I'm sure he's like, Aaron, focus. Are y'all hearing me? Sometimes we have spiritual ADD, don't we? Focus. Are you all with me? This is about to get good. Focus. Fix your thoughts on the goodness of God. Focus your thoughts on the goodness of God until it grows bigger and becomes your full expression and your full response. Keep focusing on the goodness of God. Listen, if you keep focusing on the problem, you're going to get consumed with the problem. But if you focus on the solution, the Bible promises, what's the result? Joy and peace. Joy and peace. Joy. So what, what do you have to make sure you get into your atmosphere? You, you, you've got to be focusing. You've got to be focusing. You've got to, be fo- you've got to fix. You've got to be intentional. Are you with me? Say intentional on what? Well, let's go back to what I said to you on New Year's Eve. For first thing is this. You've got to focus on his presence. I'm telling you, this year, you've got to focus on his presence. So when you're challenged for your focus to go on the problem, you've got to make sure you're in his presence. I'm telling you, I'm talking about how this, you do the atmosphere, God will manifest the joy. God will manifest the miracle. God will manifest the result. God will manifest the breakthrough. Your job is keep what? Keep focused. That means you've got, you got to be in the presence of Jesus. Not, not while I was there on Sunday. I sat through the whole sermon. Remember some of it. Fully engaged. Are you all fully engaged? Here we go. Focus. 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 I'm just saying. To experience supernatural joy, you've got to practice the presence of Jesus. Listen, that just means you've got to have, find time for it. it. I mean, if you've got to tune out the TV, if it's got to be on the way to work, you, somehow you, you have got to practice the presence. of. I mean, just get in his presence, talk to him. Just get in his presence, hear a message. Just make sure that you're intentional about the atmosphere of God's presence. I'm telling you, it, you, you, you might have to stick your, your earphones in, and you may have to put a sermon on. You may have to put some worship music on. You create your focus. There's a lot of things that want to distract your focus. 
Romans chapter 12, verse 12 says, let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in trouble. Commune with God at all times. Keep communing, keep communing, keep communing. Even when you don't feel like it, that's the best time to keep communing. Even when you don't have time for it, that's the best time to make some time for it. I'm telling you, if you'll make time for his presence, he'll make time for your miracle. He'll make time for your breakthrough. He'll make time for your healing. He'll make time for your restoration. So focus on his presence. Here's another one. Focus on his promises. What's that mean? Just, you just need to practice lining your lifestyle up with what the word of God says. If God says I'm healed, I'm going to line up my life with that. If God said I'm blessed, I'm going to line up my life with that. If God said I'm free, I'm going to line up my life with that. I'm going to, my beliefs, I'm going to line up with my beliefs. I'm going to line up with my words. Even if the rest of me is not there yet, I'm going to keep lining up my, 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 my life and my words and my beliefs and my actions. Y'all can do that. I'm being practical tonight because I want you to know you, 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 you can do that. Jeremiah says this, chapter 15, verse 16. When your words came, I ate them. I consumed them. And look what it says. They were joy. They were my joy and they were my heart's delight. Your word came, I, I, I ate them. I consumed them. I, I ate them and it became joy. What will manifest joy? You've got to focus on some things, the presence and the promises of God. It will bring forth joy. Are you all getting this? What, what, what was the other thing? Focus on his people. Remember I said this on New Year's Eve, focus on his people. Practice gathering with the people of God and you'll experience radiating, contingious, continuous, contagious power of God's supernatural joy. I like that song we did. There's joy in the house. Is that how it goes? We just sang it. I forgot already. What is it? Joy in the house of the Lord today. Joy in the house of the Lord today. You know how some of you sang that? Yeah, there's joy in here, all right. I don't see any joy. There ain't no joy. That is the longest day of my life. I worked so hard today. The old, old lady's nagging me. The old devil's after me. Maybe you should have stayed home because the rest of us came to get some joy. <laughs> Psalm 122 says, I was overjoyed. When? When they said... Let's go to the house of the Lord. We are in a season where people are in and out, in and out, missing church. I mean, it's, I'm glad we have live stream. I, I know there's things going on in life. But, I mean, if you would make the house of God a priority, he will make joy a priority in your life. There's just something about being here with each other you, you can't get through the screen. I, I talk to ministry friends, small churches, big churches. We're all challenged with this needs to be a priority of our life. Get here as much as you can. It's a command in the Bible, in the book of Hebrews. When you see the days approaching, gather more and more and more so you can hold on to faith like a bulldog. Yeah. And we spur each other on. Sometimes you need spurred on. Because sometimes a lot of things challenge your joy. And you need someone. You need to run into Steve on a Wednesday night. You need to run into a Jimmy on a You need to run into a Heath on a Wednesday You need to rub shoulders and it's contagious. It'll rub off on you. You've been rubbing shoulders with the wrong people all week at work. Doubt's rubbing off on you. Insanity's rubbing off on you. All that stuff's rubbing off on you. That's why you need to get here and be like, I'm overjoyed that I get to go to the house of the Lord tonight. I need something else to rub off on me. I didn't give you 15 things to focus on this year. I gave you focus on those things, right? First word is focus. Here's the second word. Stick with me because I know you're going to get all spiritual on me, but feeling. Feeling. We don't live by feelings. You're right, we don't live by feelings. We live by faith. But faith produces feelings. Hear, hear me. What you hear and see, you think about and you feel. What you hear and you see, you will think about and you will feel. You, you know those, um, I can't think of his name, those law commercials? Um, I can't think of his name. And they take that, they put those little puppies on there. Columbo Law. You seen those Columbo Law? He's like this, during COVID, he's like, let's just put some puppies out there so you'll forget about COVID. 
Every time, smile break. Yeah, every time it came on TV, he's talking about, you know, if you could crash by an 18-wheeler and blah, 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 blah. My God, COVID, now we're getting ran over by 18-wheelers. He's like, let's just put some puppies out there. And everybody's like, I feel better about everything. Focus, because what you hear and see, you will think about and you will, you will feel. Now, we don't live by our feelings, but the Word of God will make you feel things. It'll make you know things. Here's the thing about joy. Um, it's an inside work, but you can feel joy. God's a God of emotion. And he does want you to feel certain things. He wants you to feel joy. Grace. He wants you to feel grace. He wants you to feel it so much that you rejoice. Not in circumstances, but in his promises. Are y'all with me? Now, this is, this, I told you it's going to be real practical, but it's good. Hi. Think about this. What, what, what did I say? I, I've said a lot of the same things since New Year's Eve. I'm saying them on purpose. Remember I said check the gauges? Yeah. This is how you know how full of joy you are. Gratitude is one gauge. Enthusiasm is the other gauge. And anticipation is the next gauge. Those are three things you feel. So my, if I'm focusing on the right things, guess what? Gratitude's going to be, my gauge is going to be full. Enthusiasm, Full. Anticipation full. But what if I'm focusing on the other things? When Paul said, from prison, from prison, be full of joy. I'm going to say it again, y'all. Rejoice. How do you do that? You focus. Fix your thoughts. Fix, 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 fix. Fix that in your atmosphere. And then you'll feel certain things in your atmosphere. Check the gauge. Do I feel grateful? Hmm. I complain more than I'm grateful. Check the gauges. Hmm. Enthusiasm. <laughs> Not right now. Anticipation. Well, I don't know if God can. Check the gauges. But if you get focused on the right thing, those gauges stay full. Focus, feel. Here's the last word. Function. Everyone say function. What you see and hear, you think about and feel. What you think and feel, you will declare and do. You will declare and do. Here's why I use the word function. Because the word rejoice is an action verb. It's an action verb. There ought to be things in your atmosphere that are causing you to rejoice. The presence of Jesus, the people of God, the, the promises of God. When you're full of gratitude, enthusiasm, you're full of anticipation, guess what you're going to do? Rejoice. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are. They can be challenging. They can be rough. I'm not negating the diagnosis. I'm not negating the financial report. I'm not negating how your child's acting. I'm not negating how your spouse is I'm not negating any of those things. But if that's all that's in your atmosphere, you, you, you're, going to, you're going to struggle to be full of joy. So no matter what comes at you, around you, knocks on your door, you, 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 you have the right things in your atmosphere. Because you're responsible for that atmosphere. And if you, if you are faithful to do that, God is faithful to manifest everlasting, supernatural joy. Here's the thing about rejoicing. Now just stick with me. I'm almost done. Let me say this first. You know how to defeat, because sometimes we go through challenges. Sometimes we cause them, but most of the time, guess what? It's the enemy. He, he comes to what? Oppress you, discourage you, distract you, and wear you out. You, you know how you really defeat the enemy in times like that? Here's how you defeat, the, here's how you defeat a, 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 an opposing spirit. You do the opposite. You do the opposite. Everybody say Opposite. When you feel down and discouraged, what's the opposite? I'm going to praise. The Bible actually says that. It said, put on your garments of praise. And what will it do? It will destroy a spirit of oppression. I don't feel like praising. That means you should praise. I don't feel like forgiving. That means you should forgive. I don't feel like clapping. That means you should clap. I don't feel like saying amen. Then you should say amen. Your focus causes your feelings. You can't rejoice focusing on the wrong things. 
You will complain. You will be distracted. You will be defeated. But I'm st- here's what I'm saying to you. Take back your atmosphere. Take charge of your atmosphere. Let God manifest. You determine, I'm going to rejoice. Paul said it. From prison, y'all. From prison. From prison. Rejoice. Or he said, be full of joy. And he said, I'm going to say it again. Rejoice. 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 You know how you, here's how you rejoice. Some of you just need to smile. You just need to practice smiling. Some of you got it down. Some of you need some work. There's not much to smile about in my life. Start smiling. Some things will turn around. They'll turn around. They will turn around. You know what else is part of rejoicing? Sometimes you need to just clap. Just give God some applause. I don't feel like it. Then you need to applause more. What else is rejoicing? I need to throw my hands in the air and wave them like I just don't care and give him some praise and give him some worship and give him some, I don't feel like it tonight. I had a long day. Then that's the time to raise your hands and praise. Shout. Now this sounds too charismatic for me. We need to get back to some charismatic, y'all. We need to get back to that. I'm saying, it's your atmosphere. It's your atmosphere. Or you can sit back and watch the enemy keep taking and stealing and destroying. Or you can say, I'm going to insert some stuff into my atmosphere. I'm going to stir myself up. I'm going to put my hands up. I'm going to pray. I don't feel like praising. My spouse has been a knucklehead. Then you need to just praise him some more. My kids are going to cry. My kids at school. Then you just need to go out in the car at lunchtime and do what? Do this. I praise you, God. Well, what is this? That's anticipation. Smile, lift your hands, clap, put some praise on, laugh. Well, it's not that funny. You need to faith laugh. You ever faith praised or faith shouted or faith prayed? You need to faith laugh. Well, I've never done that. Yes, yeah, why you don't have any joy? That's why you need to start doing that. need to lock yourself in the bathroom, look in the mirror and go, ha, 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 I know I've told you this before, but several years ago, I was a youth pastor. We had all these like camps and things and laughter's breaking out everywhere. All these young people are just, laughter's breaking out all over the place. And I'm like, mm, this is kind of weird. And I just stepped back. I said, okay, God, what's going on? He said, I'm just letting them laugh at what the devil tried to destroy in their life. I mean, does anyone have anything to be grateful in here for yes. in here? Yes. I mean, I get it. You might not be there yet, but my goodness, you are not where you were. You're not, you're not where you could have been. Well, will I get there? Yeah, by faith, you're going to get there. And I'm telling you, when you, when you want to just cry and give up is when you need to look in the mirror and just go, ha, 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 devil. Ha, 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 That sounds crazy. Now, that sounds like faith. That sounds like faith. I'm not saying get up on your desk at work and do it. I'm saying you. Well, if you work at the church, it's okay. If you work in the school system, I mean, yeah. They'll let you do everything else, but something like that. Rejoice is just enjoying the presence of Jesus, enjoying the promise, enjoying the people of God. Let's just practice, ready? Ha ha You know what else is rejoicing? Dancing. You did it in 86, but you won't do it in God's house. 
break dancing all over the place, all this stuff. But you, you can't just get one of these in God's house and get a little. Here's the deal. Paul didn't write this after he got out of prison. Paul wrote this in shackles. Rejoice. Whatever your thing is. Well, I mean, I don't want I'm a man. Yeah, real, real men dance. When y'all went to the club, ladies, you're like looking for the guy who could dance. You can do that in God's house too. I'm looking for the guy who dance before Jesus. I'm looking at the guy who shout. I'm looking at the guy who praise. <laughs> All right, let's stand up. Here we go. Let's let's stand up. Let's um, someone rescue me. Here we go. Let's stand up. We're gonna make. Did someone get something good? Let's say this together. This is our joy declaration. I declare that I am experiencing supernatural joy in 2023. I am prioritizing His presence, His promises, and His people. And joy is manifesting in my mind, my heart, my eyes, my ears, my mouth, my hands, and my feet. I am anointed with the grace of his joy and it's producing hope, healing, strength, and victory in me. I will take on every challenge with an attitude of joy and I will overcome every situation that tries to overwhelm me. I am so full of a joyful expectation about what God is up to that nothing can stop it from happening. Mm.